The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. Indexes or indices? Wade and Alex continue their arc on annuities and unravel the mysteries of the English language on today's episode with special guest Branislav Nikolic from the Index Standard. Hey everyone, welcome to Retire with Style, and I'm here with my co-host Wade Bao and another special guest here, Branislav Nikolic. And uh, just quick trivia. Two of us are in Canada. One <laughs> of us is not. For this episode, if you write in, you'll get a free copy of Wade's book. You can guess who's in the U.S. <laughs> right, Wade? Is that, is that right, Wade? Am I, am I ruining the sales numbers? Wait, did we do that? <laughs> I think we got. <laughs> we good. Uh, yeah, you should probably be asking Bree if she wants to uh, <laughs> manage that process. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bree. Oh, uh, that's that's the she 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 sort of organizes everything in the background. But Branislav, thank you for joining us, man. Really, really appreciate it. I I think I think you're one of the rising stars, you know, within the the industry as as far as insurance annuities go. I I really do think so. And so it's it's actually kind of cool to to bring you on the show simply to to get your take on the state, but. More specifically, on, on indices and the like, as we've been discussing on previous episodes, you know, specifically with regards to fixed index annuities and RILAs, how there's a there's an index that that they effectively track. But before we get into all of that, can you tell our lovely listening audience a little bit about yourselves? Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Wade. Thanks for having me on 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 the podcast. Um, as uh, Alex mentioned, uh, my name is Bryce Nikolic, and I've been um, uh, with index standard uh, for last uh, six months, so uh, fairly fairly with both foot uh, foot on the ground. Um, prior to that, I was uh, with Canex, um, a data analytics provider, and I've spent last ten years roughly working on annuities, uh, their uh, allocation within a portfolio. Um, basically optimizing the annuities themselves, anything from optimal utilization. And I had, I had a pleasure to, to work with Wade and Alex in, in, in my past life. Uh, so hence the invite, I guess. But I think the topic is uh, more of like what, what I do now. And uh, uh, I'm leading the, the insurance initiatives at Index Standard. Index Standard been founded around uh, two and a half, four years ago, but, but Lawrence Black. Uh, and uh, what we, what we tend to do is uh, help people understand uh, indices that are utilized in, uh, in uh, structure products and annuities. Demystify uh, what, these, what these things are, uh, see uh, if we can break it down to, to, to the level uh, that it's acceptable for people to just read our reports, uh, understand our ratings, uh, see what our forecasts are for, for, the, for the future, and how to use this to uh, optimally allocate within, within annuities. Um, again, I, I, I'm, I'm really honored to be here. Thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks, Branislav. And uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. point of clarification, just to, to be clear. Away. So what you do with the index standard, you're evaluating other indices. You're not in the process of creating proprietary indices. That's, that's correct. So so the founder of the index standard, Lawrence, Lawrence Black, he was in the business of creating indices and is, uh, is behind some of the very successful ones. Uh, but he thought that instead of creating more indices, um, we could use the expertise um, to evaluate everything that's in the market and see if we can add a layer of information. It could be useful for the uh, advisors, consumers, uh, product manufacturers, alike. Yeah. And this goes to your point, Wade, that you've said in previous episodes that sometimes it's hard to make comparisons, especially when people have different indices, to to assess the quality. 
of the underlying. And so I, I think this sheds light. But be, before I get into that, I have two significant questions I have to ask Branislav about. All right. So is it Dr. Branislav or are you like Wade that was like 10 years ABD? <laughs> well, so y- y- yes and no. So I, I defended on a May Ford, but I'm yet to wear a silly hat. So it's it, it, it's it's somewhere in between. I, I'm, uh, that's I'm good your um, uh, Doctor Elen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, truth be told, I never I never attended my graduation. I never like wore a hat or a gown or anything. I just got by that time I got it. I'm done. The feeling is feeling is mutual. Um, so yeah, the hard the, part is is done now. It's all all the festivities left. And was Moshe Malevsky on your committee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're. He was actually chairing okay. the committee, <laughs> uh, not not just yeah. being on it, but chairing. So, uh, and usually yeah. the the role of the chair is uh, relatively ceremonial. But everyone who knows Moshe, uh, he he made sure that it wasn't that. So uh, <laughs> I had a I had a very very good very good examination. So pr- proud to say that. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Congrats, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now the the other the other main question, and I think after this question, I'm done with the entire interview. To be with you, is it pronounced Efi or Efa? MSCI. or Efa? Look, where, where, where do you go? My rendition, but I'm I, I'm ESL kid myself, so I I I just go with whatever is in in the moment. So I, I'll, I'll be in your team. <laughs> There's no answer. There's no, did you see what he's in? He's like a politician. This guy is that? Is that how you did? Is that what you did in your dissertation, man? Is that how you acted? No, EP or EP? Yep. You gotta give me an answer, man. <laughs> what, what, what team are you on? I would say EP. Really, I'm EP. <laughs> and, and just for those listening, <laughs> that's one of Canadian the standard thing. international <laughs> indices that gets used. Uh, but yeah, that might just a good place to start, just to level set a little bit. What even is an index? What do we mean by the the idea of an index? <laughs> so, so the way the way we like it to think about indices is that they are again nothing but uh, the set of rules uh, that would give you exposure to different types of assets, loosely speaking. So, uh, it's one one can think about it as a, as a portfolio. Uh, with a caveat that you don't actually own what's in the index, uh, and this really goes goes into uh, when you say I'm invested in an index. What does that mean? I'm invested in something that usually tracks the index. Index would be the way or the recipe that you would put things things together. But usually, what you're invested in is either an ETF, exchange traded fund, or structured note or an annuity. Um, so, so that's the way I like like to think about this. And and yeah, classic indexes, indices that are out. That's another question. Is it indexes or indices? I, I think I've seen it both ways. Absolutely. Are you indexes or team indices? Let's just get this all out of the way. No, so I'm I'm indices, but I believe that uh, that the uh, common U.S. Uh, editor would correct it all to indexes. Yep. So that's again, I think it's it's a it's a yeah, yeah, preference. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the way we 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 actually um, wrote, wrote a piece that's gonna uh, come out as a part of a NAFA, a National Association for Fixed Annuities, uh, education series on actual indices, and uh, we basically try to put us into into some common buckets. Uh, you have benchmark indices that started on as just a gauge of. How a s- economy as a whole will be doing, or the sector of the economy. Then you have thematic indices, something that is basically output of someone's research or someone's idea on how to put uh, uh, assets together. Uh, everything uh, leading to, uh, for example, ESG indices the- these days that are um, that are, that are being u- utilized more, more and more. So. Uh, Wait, I, I think going back to your question, when we talk about indices, what are we talking about? When we're strictly talking about an annuity space, uh, more often than not, you're either team benchmark or risk control or volatility control uh, type index. That could be either multi-asset, 
and then have some some form of the the volatility control mechanism. Now, I'll let you ask ask probably you're gonna ask what's the volatility control mechanism like. Yeah, we definitely want to get into that. <laughs> but, but yeah, the benchmark indices, that's like the S&P 500. That's the one we've talked about the most in past episodes. But you've got, I always just said EAFE, <laughs> the EFIFA. That's a common international oh, index. You've got like the Russell 2000, which brings in more of the small cap side than the S&P 500 gets into and so forth. And then, right, that I we've talked about just generally the S&P 500 because that's one that most companies will offer. And so, it makes it easy to say, well, if company A has got a 12% cap on the S&P 500, company B has a 10% cap on the S&P 500. That tells you a little bit about like how much options budget is available. But the real interest, uh-huh. the, it's with the volatility controlled. Uh-huh. Wait, I would say. Just to make sure, wait. Just I, again, this is where we, we we struggle with this arc a little bit because we we talked about certain concepts already. This is within the construct of a fixed index annuity, and you know later on we'll be talking about the construct of a registered index linked annuity. Well, and whether there's even any difference, really, that, that, that's well, probably a good question. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. But but yeah, the the volatility controlled indices is where a lot of the action is. And, and why is that, Brennislav? Like, what's the the motivation like, at a basic level? So there, there are two two key key elements that that affect. So so you said you said a key word option budget, and option budget is a reflection of where the interest rates are. And in the, in the past decade, we had interest rates near zero, uh, and then and, and they were consistently very low. So usually, where you get your option budget is. From from the rate that you can invest in your general account, if you are if you are uh, an insurance company, uh, you invest your assets and you get rate of return. And for that, you can you can buy some options to to uh, offer your your fixed index annuity payouts. Uh, now the the benchmark indices, uh, as as the name says, like benchmark, they were never meant to go into anything. They were just meant to to benchmark, and as such, they're a true gauge of what's going on. So they're volatile at times. And if you have a small budget to buy something that's very volatile or very risky, you cannot give much of the exposure. In other words, what you were mentioning before, you said company A offers caps of 10 and 12. Have we had this conversation two years ago, three years ago, we've been talking about two, two and a half, two and three quarters and talk about competitiveness. So that tells you about the the responsiveness of, of these um, options that you're buying to the FIA uh, to benchmarks. Now, that's one one aspect. The other aspect is volatility. So in order to to reduce the price price of that option, you need to tame the volatility. And this is where the volatility indices uh, came, came into the game, that if you could offer an index that would perform certain actions, most commonly just shifting between, let's say, cash and, and, and risky asset, you can bring down the volatility Make the option option cheaper and offer more participation on such such an index. Um, then the, the the key is that you then ex- expand kind of the field of who can play in that arena. So we've seen a lot of asset managers that went into into the arena, uh, and a lot of obviously banks who are, who are on the other side of of those deals, providing these options to the insurance companies to begin with. Yeah, and let, probably we should kind of so a fifteen second refresher on how an FIA works because we it's something we covered in past episodes. But the idea is, you pay this premium; and it has principal protection because the insurance company buys enough bonds so that when they earn their interest, you have principal protected. Then, with the remainder, the insurance company keeps part for themselves. The rest goes into this options budget used to purchase financial derivatives such as call options on the indice. Uh, index, which pay, provides a payout if the index gains in value, the, the price returns of the index gains in value. Now, when you get into that situation, interest rates become very important because the higher the interest rate, the less it takes to protect principal, the more that remains to purchase upside exposure to the index. And then the price of the financial derivatives is very important. It's There's several factors that go into that, and the most important of which is the measure of implied volatility, that the more volatile the index is expected to be, the um, the more expensive those options are. And, and if you have to spend more on those options, the less upside exposure you get. 
So sorry, for, but that's the whole idea. Then, if you use a low volatility yeah. index, should make the options cheaper. You should like the low volatility index might give you a higher cap than than the S and P five hundred, for example. Usually, usually these come only uh, with a participation on it. Usually, they're not capped. I think that's another. If if you want to go into the marketing realm of why. <laughs> Uh, they took off is that usually you can go around and say there is you get a participation but there isn't any cap to it like again it's like um half dozen or the other six um <laughs> you 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 can you can really you can really structure this any, any way you want but the key point is what you just mentioned is the 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 lower and more importantly uh constant constant or close to constant volatility because the big question that uh, is posed in industry is how consistent the, these annuity parameters will be through time. I understand that these are today that I'm buying the annuity, but in a year's time, will you be able to what it's called renew at the same or similar rates? And these volatility control indices, because of the, the relatively smooth uh, volatility structure, can offer that uh, with, a, with a higher consistency and then becomes very important at the advisor level. What happens at that uh, one year or a two year statement review. Mm-hmm. Did you get a credit in your FIA? Uh, what's going to be the the profile of your of your payout for the next year and 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 so forth. So I think between those two things, um, extremely low interest rates in the past decade and the stability of the of the annuity parameters, uh, we see roughly sixty percent <laughs> of the premium being allocated to uh, to these. Uh, Call them custom or or, or non benchmark indices in the market. Has this been a steady increase over time, or is this just? It has been, it has been steady, you know, just when it relatively just... steady, relatively steady increase, and uh, obviously with more players coming into the game. So at any point in time, yeah. you have around hundred or so of these indices in, uh, utilizing these. Yes, yeah. and this may be, and so this is where you saw. Sorry, go well, on, kind of This may be where really what the work you're doing at the index standard comes into play because uh, someone might think, well, if, if this is an indice, an index <laughs> that has less volatility, maybe it has a lower expected return as well. And then if I'm thinking, well, if this, if I have a higher participation rate on this index because it has less volatility, does that even matter? Because I, I'm not expecting a higher return anyway. And so, like, what, what should I pick? Index A that has a lower participation rate but a higher expected return, or index B that has a higher participation rate but a lower expected return? Is that where you're coming that, into that, the picture? That's a perfect segue. <laughs> that's a perfect segue. So, so, so again, not, not, now it goes shameless plug. So, what we do is that uh, we we. Uh, assess indices on their own. We provide a rating, uh, and we provide a forecast. Uh, rating, uh, we look into how well the index is constructed, what's a, how transparent the rules are, um, and uh, again, anything to do with the past returns. Uh, we take into account very important bit that all of these are developed with the benefit of a hindsight because you have to provide a backtest. In other words. How would have this index performed in the last last ten years, for example? So we look into the measures that would assess the returns in a backtest versus since index went live, um, and and basically assess the index for its quality. Then the second step is that we uh, take the uh, capital market assumptions and and basically forecast for ten years from over 35 uh, either investment banks, insurance companies, asset managers, aggregate these, and through, through, through basically a DNA analysis of each and every index, we are able to, based on these kind of now common capital market assumptions that we call wisdom of Wall Street, uh, forecast what each of these indices we see doing over next next 10 years. We provide conservative, moderate, and, uh, and a strong forecast for it. But where rubber really hits the road is that we combine that now with the present annuity parameters. So you have a forward-looking uh, index index returns, and you have a, annuity parameters, participations, caps, uh, fees in, in, in some cases, and we are basically trying to level set and allow for this comparison between different annuities with different crediting strategies struck on, on, on different indices. 
Are you a financial professional looking to learn more about the RISA and retirement income best practices? Well, if you are, you should join our Retirement Income Masterclass on Monday, August 28th and Tuesday, August 29th. You can sign up at risaprofile.com advisors. That's risaprofile.com advisors. Okay. So if, if I can maybe, maybe reiterate this uh, just to make sure that I, I understand it. So what, what you folks do and your audience, I would imagine, are financial professionions. It, right, or, or carriers, or, or, or the like, not necessarily end consumers, correct? So we do this, and, and that's fine. Benefit, I, I, no, no, we do this for the benefit of the end consumer. So to us, it's important, but we can yeah. we can debate who the end consumer of our material is. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey. So, so I think the ultimate benefit is for the person buying the annuity because their advisor gotcha. will be able to tell them the difference between index A and index that's B, okay. uh, and help help them explain the choice that they're making together ultimately. Okay. And so to Wade's point about, uh, okay, there's an FIA and one of them is tracking this, the other one's tracking that. Based on what you said, you have three layers. The first layer, you're just on a quality review. Okay. And I, I may not be saying this the right way, but okay, this index score is at a nine. This index score is at a 9.5 we made in terms even, of even from a quality simpler. scale standpoint. Yeah, we made it even simpler. So we have like a, almost like a metals. So we go from like platinum, gold, fine. Silver, copper, neutral. Gold, yeah, 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 yeah. And that basically gives you the categories uh, of what, what it does. Where, where okay, so, so you're at least able to assess, you, you know, the Russell 2000 is not the same as the S&P 500, for, but for the purposes of the analysis, they, they both end up getting a silver medal or they both end up getting a gold medal. So you can kind of s assume that they're in the, the zip code. Do but the benchmark indices you're get asking the right, right. So that's the first layer. You're asking the right question. So what we do sorry, is what? We, we also group indices alike. So similar to how you would not rate equity, uh, fund with, uh, all together with a, with a fixed income fund, we group like indices and they get ranking and categorization in, in their own, in their own yeah. area. Got you. Okay. So it's on a relative basis, but then that's the first layer. Then you sort of bring up the forecasting and the forecasting, obviously caveat enter all that kind of stuff, but the forecasting is a consensus based forecast. Is kind of what your sense of, and it's almost, it may not, I use this term very loosely, it may not matter the accuracy because what you're looking at is on a regular, on a relative basis, the wisdom of the crowds has sort of set this, this general forecast for this particular index, you know, and so that helps kind of equalize, I think, comparing different indices to each other. It, it does because proportionally the inaccuracies would be the same. It, it does, but also the important bit is that the rest of your portfolio planning or asset allocation or product allocation even will be done with some capital market assumptions in hand. And we are trying to basically say this is what kind of is it the same units of measure that you can gotcha. perform yeah, yeah, yeah. and allocate to the annuity as opposed to using the the, the, the backward looking. I'll give you I'll give you a, an example that I, I always like, like like using. So take take the take the benchmark indices, uh, whether it be Nasdaq or or S and P five hundred, and you see Apple being the the major part of that. Obviously, much more in Nasdaq than, than yeah. S and P five hundred, but Apple, if you look over last last ten years had like annual returns in around like 17, 18%. So if you, or, or, or let's say, let's say NASDAQ had that as, as the last, last 10 years. Now, if you grow Apple, Apple at that, um, at that number, you will get Apple in 10 years having the, the market cap three, four times the GDP of Germany. So the question is, should you use that back test in your planning? Is it, realistically to expect that Apple will continue to grow over next 10 years the way it grew over last 10 and, and how sustainable that is, as opposed to looking into consensus of where we see the, the, for example, technology going over next 10 years that we see in these capital market assumptions from, from these different providers. No, I, 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 I think I, I think it's fair to say, wait, and I subscribe to that. I mean, when we did a whole 
ARP on planning, you know, it comes up, do you use historical returns or do you use sort of forward-looking returns? And uh, you'd be, be foolish maybe to struggle a word, but you'd be, you know, silly not to just, you know, assume that, yeah, Apple's going to return 70% for the next uh, 20 years because that's what it did the previous 20, you know, that kind of thing. But that's the second layer. And then you add one more layer, which is then you look at the the annuity structure in which that index is in and what the parameters of those are to kind of try to uniform them all out. That is correct. So basically right? that, that provides that apples to apples comparison and we compute for each crediting strategy in every annuity, uh, what we call net forecast credit. So basically it's again, a simulation that takes our index forecasts into as its base uh, it layers on the annuity parameters. And for each trading strategy, we are able to give you something that's equivalent of a rate of return, net of all caps, floors, fees. Um, in, if you want yeah, to think about RILAs, buffers, and, 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 and et cetera. So, Wade, do you think this satisfies mm. your concern? Or, again, satisfy, you know, the word choice here, okay. but does this satisfy your concern in the previous episode when you okay. said, Listen, there, there's there's no way to really compare these FIEs from an apples to apples comparison because they're using different indices to begin with. Does this go towards maybe allaying some of those concerns? Yeah, yeah I mean, bit? this can go a long way. Yeah, really, what I was saying was just the it's the easy if you want to compare different companies and try to think about which company which company would I like to go with for the annuity. Uh, it's easiest to compare them with the S&P 500 because most of them have that offering and so you're able to see what they're doing with it. Uh, when you start getting into the proprietary indices, it, there's less transparency because it's harder to compare. But no, no, I think that's <laughs> where you're stepping into this missing gap in the marketplace to provide a service to make such comparisons. Shall I call my marketing department and say that we got just endorsement from Wayfile? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sounded that way. <laughs> but yeah, that, well, the, no, but uh, another question though, on these comparisons, like with this idea of volatility controlled, it, it means there's something dynamic going on that, and you said earlier, when markets becoming more volatile, it may push more into cash you're actually simulating those rules as well when you're doing this sort of forecasting about the future performance? We do we do our, our, our factor or DNA analysis of an index mm -hmm. to basically see where the index index is exposed. And uh, it's almost impossible to replicate every index for go, go forward basis, but our factor analysis gives us the average exposures that that index index had, okay. and we applied those on a, on a, on a go forward basis. Um, so so again, um, everything that you can think of. You're, you're you're effectively saying this index has a as a beta to value of I don't know seventy five to cash of this to size of this, and the R square is ninety five, so that's good enough, and we're going to replicate. So we basically, we do we do two things. I think at two layers, we do a DNA type analysis, which basically would say. Uh, geographical or the asset class uh, exposure. And we do finer of a blood type thing, which is value, growth, momentum, uh, side. Sure. And based on these two these two set of factors, we, we are able to to forecast these on a go forward basis. Now, nice. wait, wait, one so, thing that I, I, I got asked recently how, how you can use what we, what we produce is that uh, someone said, like, okay, like, you're giving me all these exposures. That's good for, for you guys who, who are technical. But if I'm looking for an index to give me a good protection against inflation, how do I see that in your analysis? And then you would basically then see the exposure to commodities, exposure to gold, and say, these were historically a good um, inflation, inflation uh, buffers. So you may want to choose index that has decent exposure, exposure to these, as opposed to um, cash or, or, or just plain treasuries. Oh, and that is something that's okay. out there in the annuity space with going beyond just stock type, stock type indices. Oh, ab ab absolutely. So you see, we see categories that are multi-asset uh, and 
again, the progression was that you had your benchmarks, that you had the volatility control, then like different versions of like doing that intraday as opposed to uh, on some fixed time scale. Then um, what we saw re in the last couple of years coming is like the, the commodity commodity curve curve mm -hmm. plays coming into this. Again, to, to, to try and, and battle the inflation and haven't seen that commodities did reasonably well over over last last little while. So you have more than just, to your point, more than just your stocks and bonds uh, or, or or equity and cash. These are now like multi-asset, asset quote unquote portfolios that have these uh, mechanisms that would mechanisms that would rebalance them to smooth and cushion uh, the the returns of an index itself. And at what point? If I'm a consumer, I'm listening to this, and it's interesting. There's a little meta thing going on, yeah. and by that I mean like, okay, the FIA structure in themselves are creating that kind of buffering mechanism. You know, that buffer law creates it. But then, interestingly enough, the underlying index of that of that product does their own internal kind of volatility control. <laughs> You know, from a pricing standpoint, but do you see how there's a yeah. there's a little meta thing to that? So are you are you overinsuring? Are you are you overprotected? And oh yeah, yeah. let me let me let me. And then the, yeah, and where I'm going with that is, and sometimes <laughs> in any industry, right? You know, does this provide an extra layer of fees that's necessary? I'm, I'm sure the answer is yes, but there's always this balance, right, where people just. Spot an opportunity, a market opportunity, and go crazy with the, it. The way I see, the way I see this, and and, and again, like we, we I, I can give you kind of the, the common example that I always give is that uh, when it comes to the FIAs, where do these go? These go to retirees, and and these credits uh, on an annual basis are sometimes the money that people will take out and, and live off, absent having any any guaranteed income income rider on them. So the key is how consistent you want these to be. And to me, these volatility control indices provide not another layer of protection, basically to double up. Obviously, the FIA will protect your floor, you will not lose your money. But the key is how how steady those, those uh, credits will be. Will you get a positive credit of a similar amount, let's say seven out of seven years or five out of five years? In other words, if you put it in baseball terms, you can win the game in, in different ways. The way we, we see the, the, the yeah. totally control indices is your lineup stock with the guys who can hit singles and doubles, and mm -hmm. you get your runs along the way. Whereas with the, the uh, let's say, benchmark, let's say the S&P 500, you can hit it out of park five out of seven years, but two years, you may not. On average, the index did fairly well, but in two years, you may not get, get the credit. Again, you can win the game that way as well. It's really coming down to a preference, but I don't think the game is either or. I think it's diversification. Look into exposing yourself to more than just one thing, because that's that's good. The only free lunch in, in finance is diversification. And the, the, the other one is that I think sing, um, single allocations, allocations to a single index, are starting to be problematic from the suitability or best interest point of view and even right. the compliance point of view, that uh, you basically have, in a lot of cases, a lot of premium going towards S&P because that's the only thing that people are familiar oh. with. And we are trying to bridge that gap as well, to make them familiar with something else. <laughs> and if still decision is, it's better to go with index ABC, so be it. But you made an informed choice as opposed to, this is the only thing that sounds familiar. Let's take a moment to let the audience know that this show is sponsored by Retirement Researcher. You can learn more about Retirement Researcher at retirementresearcher.com and subscribe to our newsletter where you'll receive weekly actionable information for your retirement planning benefit. Retirement Researcher is an online community devoted to helping you create the retirement income plan geared towards your goals. No, listen, I, I, I think you're right. Even from an investment philosophy standpoint, uh, you know, I'm not going to quarrel with somebody putting the money in the S&P. It represents how the average investor in the U.S. at the very least chooses to allocate their capital. But how much you reflect the average investor from an income standpoint or from an ease standpoint probably deviates. 
significantly. And so to that extent, that's where, you know, these sort of levers can come into place nicely. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that play, again, it play, plays interestingness, and we did we did, did a bit of a study, is that over over last two, three years with the rates coming up, uh, you see, for example, the cap rate on, on S&P or the participation rate on S&P doubled or tripled, right? Uh, on, on these proprietor indices, if you're looking for, let's say, 50th percentile, I mean, the percentiles are moving pretty much in the sa- same direction, but you see sure. that the, the, the participation in index increased by 20, 30%. So we had a huge jump in interest rate, yet we didn't see the much much of a budget in, in the parameters. That tells you that these are relatively stable. If interest rates start coming down, you can expect the same thing, reverting back to... to I where, so I, I think... It's it's more about consistency and steadiness of what would these provide on a, on a return side. Um, but that said, now you're it's kind of Wade's it's, it's kind of Wade's initial statement where it was like, well, you know, uh, if you can get a steady return, you can get more participation. You can get more, you know, the, the more can go down. You you can send down more in income to the consumer. <laughs> If you have that predictability, because people can just budget their business a lot better. Another thing that with the increase in interest rates we are seeing now, you see that these participation rates are starting to get to numbers that are 200, 250, 300%. Basically, you don't need your index to do much to get a decent yeah. decent return, right? Um, so I think that, that, that basically yeah. the, the technology that was developed to squeeze something yeah. out of nothing over the last 10 years now is being used when you have more than nothing to offer and i think it's just just more efficient efficient way of uh, of doing this and again these indices were developed to be inside of other products they were meant to have options and and pay out yeah they have more purpose they're, they're not indices that are just benchmarks to your point they're not indices that were initially just meant to see how good active managers are doing you know, these indices have purpose, and those that purpose is to provide that steady stream of income, and technology and science moves forward in the way of of, of, of what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my takeaway so far. Yeah, I, I'll just correct you. You said income. I would say returns, steadier returns. I, okay, I, I, okay, I fair enough. Fair I don't, enough. like, I, I'm still in the, in the annuity purist come mostly, and saying that Income and guarantees come from from a different place. But if you choose to use these FA returns for that purpose, this gives you the level of steadiness that uh, doesn't exist with, uh, let's say, benchmarks. Brendan, I have a more basic question about this. When a proprietary index is created, how does that work about then creating a financial derivatives market around that so that options are being traded? Or is it more, that part is also more proprietary in nature? I, I, so so, so the, the, the simple answer is that usually they come hand in hand. So you would have the index provider, usually a bank, uh, have their trading desk provide you with the over-the-counter derivatives for it. If you're an asset manager, uh, you probably would again partner with a bank uh, who would who would provide you provide you the derivatives uh, for it, and if you're if you're a big indexer, uh, again you you're looking for 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 uh, for someone like a bank, but the, the the bigger big indexers will have more generally available components in it, so they can get bits from from different banks. But it's 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 that then layer, and then. The argument goes that you may be a little bit more efficient if you're getting all of it at the same place. Okay, and that's also maybe a reason why they use participation rates more than caps is because caps requires a second layer of you need derivatives that are different strike prices and everything you, else. You that, need to sell. You need to sell. Sell, yeah. As opposed to options that yeah. <laughs> at a so, different so, price. I, 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 I think that it, it, it really kind of go, goes because again like that far, you're selling you're selling the coal that's really out of the money you, you might as well just keep that and keep the story around uncapped which again has got some 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 got into some hot water lately but I, I, I think that the, the appeal of like offering uncapped exposure to an index 
is there in itself. And you mentioned a participation rate of like in the ballpark of 200%. Could you clarify, was that a, a cumulative return over a multi-year term or is that like a one-year term you're leveraging? If the if we say a participation rate is 200%, that might indicate like if the index was up 5%, you're going to get a 10% credited interest is that what you're that, 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 so basically you you get let's say let's say go 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 this the simple the simplest of like uh one year point to point in other words measure your performance of an index on a, on an annual basis and 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 apply participation rate to it if you, we are strictly speaking about the s p 500 you may get 70 80 90 percent participation but if you're talking about again another s p derivative index that's volatility control, you may get 120, 150, 160. And if you're talking a bit more complicated, again, S&P branded uh, a volatility control index, you can get even 200%. So basically, if that index itself does 2%, you get four. If it does five, you get you get 10. Then we can start to stretch that over, over multiple years. And indices, they would say, oh, if you start measuring on a two years basis or three years basis, I can offer you even more uh, in terms of multiple mm-hmm. on what index does over over that period. So, so it's all these combinations that make this very hard to your point to compare. And this is where we try to kind of address this with the effective annual rate of return or over a 10 year, 10 year horizon. Okay. Gotcha. And Bratislav, what's the best advice you could give to an advisor who's beginning to be initiated in the world of annuities when they look at an FIA contract and they're trying to assess the quality of, of these annuities other than, you know, use index standard for, for the results. And, and then, you know, by the default, how should, a, what are the, some of the questions an informed consumer should be asking themselves when an advisor presents them with a few options that are based on underlying indices? So, I'll, I'll go straight straight to consumer, and that will inform the okay. advisor as well, right? So, Fair I enough. think I think for me, um, again, having one 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 like in academia as well is like, why are you, why are you proposing this to me? Is this for income or is this for accumulation? Uh, because the story starts to diverge fundamentally oh. in those two those two scenarios. Uh, if you're doing this what? for 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 guaranteed income then obviously look into contractual guarantees. These are insurance products, they're contractual guarantees. See how is contractual guarantee looking, see if there's any upside on it. Usually there's a trade-off. The higher the guarantee, the less less upside and, and, and vice versa. If you're looking for the accumulation, the question is, I'm using this for accumulation instead of what? Over the last 10 years, the, the common story was, oh, bond funds weren't that attractive, the interest rates were low, here you can get more of quote-unquote yield. Uh, the question is, if you understand that this is a fixed income replacement or fixed income augmentation, that's good. I think a lot of mis- mis- misconception is that these are um, products that are exposed to, equity. they're some, somewhat tied to, to equity. I mean, they're not. They're exposed to a certain degree to the equity or multi-asset indices. So I would ask that question, what are we doing this instead? Um, and then once it comes to, to a choice, it goes back to, to something that Wayne was saying, how do you choose the insurance company? Did you choose your insurance company because you have some other reasons or this is the best rated company with the ability to pay its claims, that they have the, the, the renewal rate integrity, um, and then go into the details of a contract. Uh, what is is the is the is the is the is the annuity well diversified? Does it offer more than one option? Uh, how competitive are the options inside of the annuity? And ask why pick one? Why not allocate too few to diversify even those credits coming in? For example, we we, we said like one year strategy, two year strategy, a little bit of both, and then you can get maybe higher participation or higher exposure to your strategy, but let's say half of the money in a one-year strategy will give you constant credit uh, every year. Um, 
And then again, how does this fit into, into your, your entire portfolio? And to understand again, that these are fixed annuities, that if you see rates of returns on a, on, on rate sheets or, or illustrations that are in um, high teens, low twenties, there are questions to be asked that has to do with, 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 a, with a practice of illustrations and backtest and just kind of doing the arithmetic with all these numbers, but be sure that the right benchmark for, for, for this type of product is maybe 70, 30 portfolio, 70 fixed income, 30 in, uh, in, in, in equities. Wait, would you, would you agree with, with, with what I said? Did I miss no, something? No, no, that, in, in, that's in, a in good interview? explanation. I think it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to hear from somebody outside of us that's, you know, that you're you're in it, you know, as far as indices are concerned. So who better than to ask you? But I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to 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 the obvious answer. I I think using using what we what we what we have to to offer. It's fair. Um, I, I talk about it's, um, <laughs> I see it as ultimate cheat sheets, and basically we're we're yeah. taking the burden off having to know everything about every index, everything to know about every mm -hmm. annuity. And kind of focus on the placement of, of that annuity concept, and that's something that kind of is more in more in line with what you guys are doing. Once someone is co comfortable <laughs> that some of the money should go into the fixed index annuity, they should not have any additional brain damage to select one and and kind of research. That should be summarized for them and and brought to the mm -hmm. level that they can just consume that information and and and, and go with it. Yeah, absolutely. And one other question too, and because it, it came up a little bit earlier. So there, we've mostly been talking about fixed index annuities. There's also the registered index linked annuities that we've talked about in past episodes. You, you take some downside mm -hmm. risk in order to get more upside exposure. Uh, but my question then is, are there different motivations in the design of indices for each of those products? Or is it pretty much they're designing the same index and it can be used in, in either type of annuity? Could you just Talk a little bit more about that issue. Yeah, so so the, the, the way I see this what? on a sliding scale, I see RILAs uh, closer to equities. Basically, equities with some downside protection. So I see them far, absent having the name annuity in it, uh, I see them very far far apart from from the fixed index annuities that we that we discussed yeah. for. for for the for the for the duration of, of today's conversation, so that that's the first one. That these are not, in my mind, they are not comparable. One is very close to to to, to an ETF tracking uh, S and P five hundred with some some downside protection. The other one is full principal protection with some exposure to S and P five hundred. So that, that that's the first one. The other one is going into the structure of the of the annuity in order to. Get a little bit more exposure to to positive outcomes of the underlying index. You're basically taking some additional risk. What does it mean that you have to 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 to, to sell to 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 sell, to sell an option and that better be something something valuable? So you want something risky mm -hmm. in it to be able to to buy buy up your your positive exposure. So it's again it's a to me it's a trade off exercise between how much risk you want to take. For how much return? It's not zero risk for whatever return. So, so that for me, that's the cleanest delineation between the two. And then, if you look into indices, uh, again, I had this this conversation with our with our, with our common friend uh, David Blanchett about this. Is that in the that indices should not follow the same the same path? That on the on the, on the FIA side, you should have more of a consistency. Whereas on, 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 on the Rila side, you want something that once you yeah. take some risk will offer mm -hmm. you a lot more upside. That, that, that the option that you're selling is valuable because of the volatility that's embedded in the index itself. So you want something that's very equity like. Yeah, it's like, if that, yeah, was, no, that was Alex's question earlier, like about double insurance. Like <laughs> if you have a very volatility controlled index but, in a RILA, that might end up behaving about the same as an FIA. And then you don't get the, you don't have the potential for greater upside because there's also less risk built into the index. Yeah, but but to, to me, the, 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 bigger, the biggest misconception is that these get to be talked about in the same sentence. I, I, I think that 
<laughs> these, these, belo gotcha. these belong in different paragraphs. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, uh, Branislav, I, I, I think we're close to the 50 minute mark, which is kind of our, uh, what's the flag before the checkered flag? Five minutes, five minutes left uh, in this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been great. This has been fantastic. I mean, I actually picked up, uh, the way you frame certain things, I, I, I've learned quite a bit actually today. I, I, I really thank you my, myself, you know, from that vantage point. I think it's been fantastic. Uh, anything that we may have missed, Brennislav, that you wish we <laughs> asked you that we forgot or that we just didn't think of? I, I think this this was this was perfect. I, I, I truly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And then if uh, if it was informative for you, I hope that it's informative for, <laughs> for your mm -hmm. listeners mm -hmm. and, and or viewers. <laughs> Mostly listeners, some viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he, he, he brought us up emailing me before the podcast? Hey, are we going to be on the video? And I was like, yes, but I, I should do a better job of that. I'm huh, up. <laughs> just, just, just curious. Look, like casual prodding is from home or have a different meaning, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, don't yeah, wear yeah. pajamas. But uh, all right, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for thank you for joining us, Branislav. And everyone, again, we don't make light of it. Thank you for uh, devoting a little bit of your afternoon to retire with style. It's much appreciated. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and retirement researcher. Both are SEC registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.